0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Arnishan. I'm joined once again, as always, by my colleague over at Blue Jet Scouting, the best co-host in the business, Devin Jackson. Devin, my man, how are you on this wonderful Tuesday evening? Special Wednesday edition of the pod.
1: Yeah, not too bad. Um, just just honestly trying to make it to, to the finish line, man, to be honest. It's a race, but... We're here now. So
0: yeah, absolutely. We are as we were recording this, uh, 16 days and one hour from the uh start of the 2022 NFL draft. It feels like just yesterday we started watching players, and it also feels about three and a half years ago. Does that sound about right?
1: Yep. I mean, pretty pretty much since what May? I mean, it's yeah. been
0: it's May been or May June. June.
1: It's been been eleven months, so it's
0: been a long time. And with it not being a very strong class, I'm just ready for it to be over with at this point.
1: I'm more I got like to, ten to more
0: guys to do, and then I'm done.
1: More interested to see who goes where. I just type want stuff. to talk
0: about the review of it all.
1: Yeah, I mean. As we know, it's going to be some uh, victory laps on draft day.
0: Oh, yeah, they're going to do victory laps before the players even arrived in the city.
1: It's going to be a fun time.
0: You cannot take victory laps until there's three years. I still have two more years to be right on a player that I look to be dead wrong on after one year. Yeah, I mean. We won't mention player's name. We won't do it. I'm not doing it, Devin. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Anyways, I know, I know. I brought it up and then said we're not going to do it. (laughs) Uh, Today's podcast is nice and simple. There are a lot of teams that hold a lot of power in a first round where there are uh, Dr. Strange level and number of alternate universes where different things can happen. So Devin and I have the 2022 first round draft order up. And we're going to just go back and forth and talk about why some teams hold more power in their one or in some cases two selections than other teams around them.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, things could change pretty much at any point in this draft because as opposed to years past,
0: one selection and then something goes horribly awry or teams start getting very, very happy because of what's going on around them. Think back to twenty twenty, Cleveland Furl number four overall. Yeah,
1: that was a uh, was that twenty nineteen. That was, was twenty nineteen, I think.
0: Twenty nineteen, yeah, we, we yeah we were in a pre-cope. covid twenty was Chase Young. Yeah 20, 2019, Cleveland Furl. Um, yeah, Cleveland Furl goes fourth overall. Daniel Jones goes sixth. Those two picks changed the complexion of the NFL draft. Also, before we get into it today. Um, speaking of the 2019 draft, rest in peace to Dwayne Haskins, horrible news, uh, just awful, awful news. And, uh, you know what? Um, I, I, I don't care if I make myself at least one enemy from what I'm about to say, but fuck Adam Schefter. I, the way he handled that initial tweet, and I know that there's so many people that go, oh, well, like you've never made a mistake in your life fucking think before you tweet. I'm sorry. This is going to have to be marked as explicit. We got away with, we got away with not having to do it last week, but come on, man. Just think before you tweet.
1: Yeah, I, I think what also gets lost, fuck
0: Gil Brandt while we're at it.
1: I think what gets lost in this business is that uh, there's a, you know, humanity side to it. And you know, I, I just feel like I mean, it's, it's not even just as of recent, but really over the past year or two, there's been kind of a lack of humanity uh, for, for some of the news that's been been brought up. I mean, to me, in, in a tragedy or a loss of life, you don't, nothing matters, their occupation, whatever, it, it, especially in the sports sense, that kind of goes out of the window. You got to think from yeah. the hum, human side of things and I mean, Schefter and, and Brandon, and there were several others too. It wasn't just those two, but a lot of those lacked that. And, and I think what's missing is that he mattered to a lot of people. Like it wasn't just, he's not big, he's not someone that you just judge off his NFL career. I, I don't care how it's going. He impacted a lot of lives and, and you saw the outpouring of love from uh, his, his former players, coaches. Uh, teammates, people growing up. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns played with him as well. And he, he gave him a shout out too. So he impacted a lot of people, man. So I, I think, you know, the I'm not trying to give advice to to these people, but I, I just think just in general, we just need to think more from a human side of things. Cause if that was your brother, your, your um, you know, your dad or um your your close friend, you want them to be honored the right way. So that, that's all I gotta say about that.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just a simple thing. Just think before you tweet, man. Like, yes, I know Adam Schefter was trying to be the first one to report it. However, he did not need to include that Haskins struggled to, you know, was an Ohio State standout. Great. Just say former Ohio State standout and Pittsburgh Steelers, current Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. You did not need to go on about how he struggled it, you know, you know, to catch on in the NFL. It's unnecessary and it's irrelevant. You could have just said, Pittsburgh quarterback, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Dwayne Haskins, and then Dwayne Brandt to say uh, Dwayne Brandt, Gail Brandt say what he said about Dwayne Haskins on the radio it was just that that rubbed me the wrong way in all sorts of it it it, it visibly it, it made me physically ill. Devin.
1: Yeah, I mean you you just um. I don't care what you think about his decision-making, whatever, whatever you want to say about that. That's something you just keep to yourself, man. And first of all, you, know, you, shouldn't even, all. Yeah. you shouldn't have those thoughts anyway, but but you just don't go on the airwaves and say that when he just died, like he literally was maybe not even an hour after that. You're, you're talking about his decision-making off the field and he shouldn't have left school earlier. You know, I don't really want to go into no. the details of it because it's just not a fair representation of who Dwayne what Haskins was, who everyone talks highly of. But you know, just just once again, you know, just going back to what I was saying originally, have humanity because his family is is mourning right now. You know, his friends are mourning, so you you should be wanting to spread a positive light in, on his life and and not trying to drag him
0: down. Yeah. Just, I don't know, just, I listen, I know we're probably going to get called, we're probably going to get called at least one name in this, but just for the love of God, can we just try to not be dicks? Can we just try to not be dicks to one another? Can we just try to be nice people for once?
1: People just just don't have that in their nature, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: All right, well, that this is going to be a hard segue for me to do, but let's talk about the NFL draft, Devin. Um, I know this sounds like a bit of a cop-out. I'll go first. But the number one overall pick really does seem like it's going to swing a lot of what, what people do. We have been thinking for months that it's Aiden Hutchinson. Whether or not you think that that's what the pick should be or not, we, we've, we've been thinking that for since, like, mid-January. It's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. Should be Evan Neal, but they insist on making Cam Robinson a thing. They insist on making Walker Little a thing. They like Jawan Taylor, so they're probably not going to draft an offensive tackle. Keep rewarding bad play all you want. That's how bad teams stay bad. But they've been, you know, all the smoke has been that it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. Well, now there's considerable smoke that it's going to be Trayvon Walker. And if it was Aiden Hutchinson, then great. Trayvon Walker goes probably top three anyways i don't get it uh, i think trevor sykema who was on good morning football this morning uh talked about how this is a mario williams type uh Jadavian Clowney type player where the freak athleticism was so good but as he mentioned it like mario williams had the school record for sacks at the time Jadavian Clowney had had good production at, at south carolina Trevon Walker does not have good production and has a has a pass rush win rate, Devin, of only 10%. Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson are all in the 25 to 20 range.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you're looking for a franchise changer at, at the number one pick, you and he's labeled as a pass rusher, you you got to be able to win. And we talked about him on this podcast before. You know, we multiple times we we understand the the talent and the, the athleticism but that doesn't matter if on film he's not winning at a consistent rate so if you have a plan for him, that's fine. If you want to take him, number one, that's fine. But but also know that uh, if you want an edge rusher there, I mean, even if you don't even like Hutchinson, I think he's, he's clearly a better pass rusher right now than Trayvon Barker. Mama came on Thibodeau. I mean, Jermaine Johnson as well. I mean, there, there's plenty of pass pure pass rushers that if you want somebody to get after the quarterback they can do ahead of uh Trayvon Walker but if you're enamored with the the, the athleticism and, and the possibility of moving him around I mean go for it just have yeah. a plan for him and and don't be you know if you get pushed back and he does end up working well just know that you had the ball in your court and you messed it up
0: yep and 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 my big thing is like yeah like I said it's uh, it sounds lame oh the number one pick has a lot of weight to it like Most years, we go into draft night, we already know who the number one pick is, and we've known for months. Like, yeah, 2018 was maybe the last year we didn't really know going into it, but we had a feeling within the week of, like, oh, it's starting to seem like it's going to be Baker Mayfield. But, like, 2019, sure, Arizona could say, oh, well, Josh Rosen's our quarterback, all they wanted, but, like, if you followed them on social media – Every single post was about Kyler Murray, so you knew it was Kyler Murray. Joe Burrow was going to be the pick in, in 2020. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the pick in 2021. And these were guys that were like, we knew we're going to be the pick the moment the season ended. So to have a shift this late, but what I mean in terms of how it can truly affect the draft is, okay, so Trayvon Walker goes number one. Great. Now, Detroit, who was probably going to go Malik Willis, maybe Trayvon Walker at two. Aiden Hutchinson's there. Great. They take him. Well, now Houston goes, well, we need an edge rusher. And we've just seen them go one and two. Maybe we can try to get a Charles Cross at 13. So we go Kayvon Thibodeau at three. Like, I think if it's Hutchinson at one and Like say Malik Willis at two. Sure. Maybe it's Trayvon Walker at three. Maybe, maybe it's something different, but like, okay, we could see three go in the top three. What do the Jets and giants do at four and five, knowing that both of them need edge rushers because it's a different player. Like what we could see is Detroit. There's rumors that they want to trade back. Well, great. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson's still there. If I'm the Giants, do I try to move up to two to get Hutchinson? The, like that's what I mean, as, as much of a as a cop out as it sounds to say the number one pick, there's a lot on the line and it can affect the draft in so many different ways. With this new information, it really can.
1: Yeah, agreed. I mean, it it's certainly going to be a wild card. And I mean, if if they don't decide to go Hutch, I mean there it's it's probably likely they'd still go Hutch, but I mean, you know, a change like that, I think would we, would we'll certainly change the draft. But assuming, uh, now I'm gonna to switch to kind of my who I think could swing the draft. You know, assuming everything goes to plan in the top four, five picks or, you know, some combination of i say just for this instant, it's, it's like Hutch, Thibodeau, Walker, uh, Aquanu, and I don't sauce know, Evan Gardner. Neal. Yeah, it's Sauce. Sauce
0: Gardner. Like any of those like six guys, really.
1: I think the Panthers can be a swing pick at six. Oh, yeah. Because I think – when you think about who those top you you know the top five needs, you know those teams needs, you know, even the Lions are talking about going quarterback, but I think if the right edge players on the board, they're just gonna take an edge. Um, I think with the Panthers, it's gonna be a wild card because one being if Malik Willis is still hanging around six, he's probably going to go either there or within the next two picks. Yeah. Because The Giants have a second pick. They could be – they can move back easily and get whoever they want. Steelers in the market for a quarterback. Saints in the market for a quarterback uh, of a future. Um, I mean, maybe the Eagles are in the market for a quarterback. I know you don't want to hear that. but I
0: really don't, Devin. I really, truly don't. Thank you, though. I really appreciate you bringing that up
1: but uh you know there's there's a couple of teams that could that could be in the mix for that so does a team trade ahead of carolina maybe at five do they trade ahead of them at six the, the panthers decide we want more picks for the future because we're we know we're out on rule anyway i mean there's so many different things you ways you could go with with six but ultimately the panthers keep their pick i think their pick can change the whole entire draft because they pass on quarterback. I guarantee at number seven, someone's trading up immediately. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and that's assuming that, you know, Willis doesn't go to overall. But obviously, the Panthers want a quarterback. I think they're going to take a quarterback if Willis is there, obviously, or pick it. Whoever they fall in love with, we, we don't know who they're going to pick. But their pick is going to be a swing pick. Because if they pass on a quarterback, quarterback, we're going to get a run on quarterbacks right after it.
0: You know what? There's also the other option, Devin. And I, did, I didn't think about this until you clued in. The Panthers don't have a second round pick because they just had to have Sam Darnold. So let's put it in perspective. Let's say that, you know, we get Hutchinson, Malik Willis, Walker, Thibodeau, Sauce Gardner. That's your top five. Carolina. Might trade back. They could trade back. They could probably get a second round pick in a trade back for someone willing to come up. Is that for Derek Stingley? Is that for Jermaine Johnson? Uh Sauce Gardner, one of the tackles, whatever the case may be. But if they trade back, they have more picks. There's a team that I mean. They're not playing with the, you know, with the GM and and coach on the same timeline anymore. Um, Matt Rule, they don't really care whether he needs to win now. They want players. There's another, you know, know, thing, you know, they can very easily trade back. Um, I'll go with another one. I think Washington is actually a big swing pick. And, and I'll, I'll tell you why. So they sit just on the outside of the top 10. They're, they're at pick 11. And if you think back to the mock draft we did last week, Kyle Hamilton fell all the way to 11. And maybe it's not Kyle Hamilton that falls. Maybe it's in some bizarro world, it ends up being Kayvon Thibodeau or Derek Stingley or someone is going to fall because we're going to get the, the run-on edge rushers. We're going to get... At least two offensive tackles, possibly three, maybe even four, because you throw in Trevor Penning in that mix, potentially. There's gonna be a quarterback taken. Someone is falling. You know, the one thing they don't need essentially is edge and uh, sorry, any two things they don't need: edge and defensive tackle. Everything else is in play. Derek Stingley's there. Sorry, Minnesota, you're not getting Stingley. It's going to be them instead. Or they get to set the wide receiver run. They can just decide, you know, Garrett Wilson might be too similar in play style to Terry McLaurin, but you know what's better than one Terry McLaurin, Devin? Two Terry McLaurin's. Or they decide they want Traylon Burks or whatever the case may be. They can set the run on wide receivers. They can set, you know, they can set whoever. Falls to them at corner or safety or uh, offensive line help, whatever the case may be. So Washington's sneaky, sneaky pivot point in this draft.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you you just don't know where they're going to go, and, and honestly, honestly, depends on who falls into their lap. You know, we we don't know if the first receiver might come off at eight at Atlanta. Um, you know, and and maybe they t- Atlanta takes Jamison Williams for example. Maybe that's someone that Washington was targeting because they need a, a true field stretcher or, you know, Drake London and James Williams come off the board or Gary Wilson and Jamison Williams. And then all of a sudden you're Washington, you you have options, you know, with Kyle Hamilton is there. What if, you know, like you said, Steenley or one of those other big names? I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. Once you get into the teams, I think there's a few other teams, obviously, as well, um, outside of the obvious ones that, that can kind of swing this draft. So. I can certainly see Washington being one of those and uh, keep keeping uh, the kind of the teams uh, teams in mind. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens because they Thank could God. because they could be the team that picks Jordan Davis or they pick a need that we don't think they're going to go after. Maybe they fall in love with this receiver class and, and they I know they've addressed receiver in the last couple of drafts. Obviously, they got uh, Bateman last year, but. Well, if they want to dip in in again, you know? I mean, in-
0: their their late round wide receivers have not worked out. Boykins and and, and these other guys that they have brought in, they just haven't panned out, which has left them with a heavy reliance on Bateman, Marquise Brown, and then at tight end and Mark Andrews, getting another weapon that they can that they can give the ball to. Or if they decide they need help on anywhere on the offensive line, or what if they choose Devontae Wyatt over? Jordan Davis or
1: Charles Cross
0: or oh, 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 Charles Cross and Ronnie Stanley together. Oh, yeah. So
1: I, th- I think, you know, right at that cusp, of, uh, before we get to the Eagles picks and the Saints picks, I think the Ravens could dramatically shift what either team does. Because if they, like you said, whether they take Wyatt or or if they take Charles Cross, obviously Philly is going to need some interior help with Flet- Fletcher Cox probably on the way out the Saints need a tackle. So, I mean, that I think the Ravens could, could really switch it up. And while we, we think they're probably going to go interior, maybe Jordan Davis if he's there or or someone of, of that elk, but if, if they go skill position and, and decide, with well, if Kyle Hamilton is available at 14. You know, the, there's so many possibilities you can think about. And if they take Kyle Hamilton, that leaves, you know, possibly Jordan Davis still available, Charles Cross, who – for whatever reason people think might fall and in, in, into the later teams and, and, and players like that. So I think it's a very real possibility that you know the Ravens can can make a pick that we don't expect. And then all of a sudden that run from 15 to like 2021 20, is it, completely changed.
0: I'm gonna snipe you on my next one because I'm actually taking your team. I think the New Orleans Saints are a very pivotal, p- pivotable, really I'm making up words here on the podcast. Pivotal team in the first round because getting that second first round pick everyone's talking about them moving up to get a quarterback I don't think so I do think they're moving up but I don't think it's for a quarterback I think they're going to try to aim for if I'm looking at the board right now I'm looking right at that Giants pick at five or that Jets pick at four and I don't think it's for a quarterback because I don't think that like we've talked about this Jameis Winston uh, Andy Dalton, whatever they think they have in Taysom Hill, even though Taysom Hill is about thirty-six years old and apparently still on the up and up in that offense, I think they're going to move up for a tackle. I think they're mo- they're going to try to move up for for either Evan Neal or for Kwanin.
1: Yeah, I mean they need so-
0: it. Teron Armstead ain't there anymore, and you, there's no guarantee that Charles Cross is really going to be the type of guy you need to be like, oh, not only are we trading up for you, uh, you're going to be our franchise uh, left tackle, and you're filling the spot of Teron Armstead. By the way, Charles Cross is 20 years old.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the Saints like picking, the, making those picks where they develop in mold guys. I mean, they they made the Ryan Ramchak pick, obviously. Oh, he
0: is 21. He is 21. I misspoke.
1: They made the Ryan Ramchak pick, I believe, in was that in 20. 20- 17 or 18 drafts. Whatever was,
0: draft class Marshawn Lattimore was in. It was
1: 2017. Um, so they under they understand that they need to, to have a, a tackle because that's gonna be the most important thing. It doesn't matter if you get weapons, because I I mean obviously one of those picks are if they don't trade up is is gonna go to a weapon, but they're they're gonna have the ammo to to go up and get who they want. So I, I think it's certainly gonna be tackled because you need to have that address. It doesn't matter who's at quarterback. If you don't have a good left tackle protecting him, so I think that's kind of their mindset is is getting their franchise left tackle, uh, get him in the building, have him on that rookie deal, uh, which will be valuable uh, as the Saints continue to to maneuver the cap over the next couple of years and uh, try to get Drew Brees off their books. I think after next year, he's going to be off their books officially, um, and and try to you know retool and, and rebuild in this team into a winning team
0: again. Yeah, no, I, I think the thing is New Orleans is, a, is an interesting spot because I think Philly and New Orleans are in an interesting – or in the same place where they're not – they're not real. They're playoff contenders, but they're contenders to get into the playoffs and then be a one and done. And they're, they're in that kind of no man's land where they can't really go for a full rebuild, but they also can't really go all in. So they're going to just get draft capital to then try to move up, I think. And yeah, when you have a glaring hole, like, oops, we thought we could get Toronto Armstead because our team was in the Deshaun Watson talks. And then that trade fell apart. And then, uh, Toronto, uh, Armstead just goes for like $16 million a year or whatever the the money ended up being to the dolphins. Like, uh, we now we now desperately need to get that pick so that we can trade up. Uh, who's your next team? So I think this is your third team?
1: Yeah. Um, third team here, uh, as, as I take a quick look at the draft order, um, I think I'm going to go back a little bit. I'm going to go to the Seattle Seahawks. Because yeah. they are always the biggest wild card when they pick in the first round.
0: It doesn't matter who. Doesn't matter what year it is, always count on Seattle going with just baffling, baffling decisions. Looking at you, Rashad Penny.
1: If you think about it, maybe they could be a good trade back destination because they need draft picks and they yes, need they players do. to come in. So maybe they now, now, maybe they they pull a like kind of a, a jet semi rebuild where they. Understand that they're not going to be contenders in MC West. It, it's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm no, just that division out there, it's is not going to stacked. happen. But there's been smoke around DK Metcalf and whether or not somebody may want him. I don't know if they are going to make him available. But somebody on draft night might be like, look, like the Jets. They'll give them, We'll give you our first round. We'll give you number four. We'll give you number thirty-five. I think.
0: Couple, I, I you know what? I, I I if I don't mean to interject. If I'm if I'm the jets I'm not giving up four i'm I'm probably giving up 10 and 35
1: that's fair but I'm, I'm just on some some yeah. you know uh, potential trade um, you know and by the way
0: jets, the the jets and, and Seahawks making another blockbuster trade this this time in reverse is just perfect eh?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it by the way, our guy
0: Connor Rogers be doing backflips if they came out with the fourth overall pick and DK Metcalf.
1: I mean, if I'm the Seahawks, I'm not trading Metcalf unless I get the four. That's, that's just me as a Seahawks.
0: If I'm the Seahawks, I'm not trading DK Metcalf unless I get about 13 first round draft picks. Because listen, uh, I, I understand DK Metcalf is not the, the league's best receiver. He is your only good player left. Yeah, and I mean he's like 23 years old.
1: Yeah, he's still fairly young. So I mean, yeah, you're gonna have to pay him, but also you're getting someone you can that could come in and, and provide a need for the offense and they don't have to draft the receiver
0: in, or, in the draft
1: for the Jets. That's that's for the Jets specific. I, I
0: I think if there's a player that gets traded from Seattle, it's gonna be Tyler Lockett.
1: True. I mean, maybe he gets dealt too, but, but not for a first rounder, obviously. Not for
0: first. And that's the thing is I think there's been a lot of moving first because the NFL has just become the NBA in terms of being broken with trades. But there, there, is, there is one potential name that has been thrown about for that ninth overall pick, Devin, that would really throw a monkey wrench in the draft. What if it's Desmond Ritter?
1: I mean that would turn draft upside down, probably,
0: because that means that all right. If we go, you know, Hutchinson, Malik Willis, let's say it two, Trayvon Walker, uh, Sauce Gardner, um, Thibodeau, Quanu, whoever the Giants get at seven. Neil. Atlanta, Neil. Yeah, Neil. Atlanta goes edge rusher at eight, say Jermaine Johnson. And then it's Desmond Ritter. The Jets are now sitting there going, Well, thank you. You've now just <laughs> turned that pick that you know, uh, you, you know, you've turned that pick into nothing. And we get an easy pick. And then Washington gets an easy pick because Kyle Hamilton's still going to be available. And Derek Stingley's probably still going to be available. And I mean, I've heard, it's been talked about, man. Desmond Ritter, top ten pick.
1: Yeah, I mean that would be certainly an and ideal, and it is Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I, I would not be surprised if they took Ritter, or, or I mean, even a Trevor Pinning. It if like Cross was still on the board, or or Neil. I could see them making some
0: Bernard crazy. Ryman. Oh nah. my God! I De, Devin. Okay. Behind the curtain, guys. Blue Chip Scout is going to be doing live coverage of the NFL draft. I am not on day one. I'm on day two. Devin and I are swapping out for one another. So he's covering day one on on the channel on YouTube. I'm covering day two. I want to see them go with a completely off-the-wall, absolutely insane pick at number nine overall. Just so I can see Devin's reaction. Whether it's penning. Ryman, Ritter, uh, uh, the, the Tyler Beatty. I don't care. I just want to see, like, Seattle. I want to see someone make a ridiculous pick just so I can see Devin because I, I, I imagine it being <clears throat> as close to the Connor Rogers L meme as possible.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it will be bad. But the Seahawks are, are hard to figure out, man. I, I'll just tell you that they don't hit on first round picks, but but they can they can get some some nice day two and day three picks though to to be a long time contributors. Obviously, Metcalf immediately comes to mind at sixty one, but they they have been notorious for for making questionable picks. And honestly, the Jordan Brooks first round pick isn't as bad as it was made out to be at the very least. So yeah, no, we, we made
0: fun of it, but I think he's outperformed Patrick Queen, who was everyone assumption was going to be the pick and that's the thing like jordan brooks has been okay but like patrick queen hasn't been good so they won that pick but like also drafting guys like cj process in round two and uh rashad penny in the first round like those are those have aged very poorly i don't even know if cj process is still in the league
1: not sure (laughs) but but anyway moving on last uh team i'll do here uh before hey
0: hey hey it's my turn you just did see Oh, Seattle. yeah, my bad. Yeah, it's my turn. My last team. Um, God, this is hard. Uh, um, I'm going to go Chargers. I think the Chargers are definitely a, uh, a, a team with a lot of, of sway because everyone has assumed for months that Jordan Davis is going to be the pick if he's still available. But let's say Jordan Davis isn't available. I think that it they're just going to go Devontae Wyatt. It, it, like, if Jordan Davis is off the board, I think it's Devontae Wyatt at 17. And the reason I think that this holds a lot of weight is this defensive tackle class after the top two names is really not that good. Like, it's Wyatt and Davis, and then there's a bit of a chasm and then it's, like, Travis Jones and Perry and Winfrey. But those guys are solid round two players. Yeah. Does Travis Jones go in round one to, say, Tampa? Tennessee? If he goes at Tennessee, what does Tampa do? Does, you know, probably goes offensive line. But, like, what do they do? Is there, like, do we see a Travis Jones or a Perry and Winfrey sneak into round one? If we do, what does this mean for the teams that wanted a defensive tackle in round two that were waiting for those guys? Do we start seeing? I don't even God, I don't even want to speculate as to what defensive tackles could get reached on because I'm not a big fan of this class, but like Federian Mathis. And then I think that there's another steep drop before you get into guys like Zach Carter and Ioma Iwasarike. These are these are day three guys. That, like, could they sneak top 75 now due to need? That's just, again, if Jordan Davis is there, everything's chalk. If it's not and they go Devontae Wyatt, all of a sudden that defensive tackle class, which is really weak, teams are going to have to start reaching on those guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think really at the end of the first round, there's going to be quote-unquote reaches because at that point, you know kind of value kind of those um, I think probably past 25 26 I think value goes a little bit out of the window because now you just want guys that you you want and you know that first round tag doesn't doesn't matter as much in as as like the top 20 but once you get past like 25 26 I think now you're just wanting football players that can come in and, and contribute so it's, it's going to be quote-unquote reaches I think in that that area but you know, I think I think the Chargers are, are a good example of that. I think the final one here, I think, and uh, for the very least on this list, I think the Steelers at twenty, I think, are, are going to be a swing pick, uh, for for the kind of that back half of the draft, and and I think it's because what are where are they going to go? You know, uh, who's going to be on the board for them? Are they going to trade up? Because they certainly love Malik Willis, and I think they would love to have him on the team, but do they have the assets to trade up for them in the top five? I don't think so. I I don't think they have the assets to do it, you know, and and I don't think, will they make the, you know, make the trade? Probably have to give up a a key contributor. Uh, I just don't see the way their roster is built right now for them to be able to to get in the top five or even potentially the top 10. But I think for them, where are they going to go? Are they going to go best pick available, are they going to go receiver, you know, or are they going to go one of the quarterbacks if they're not? that say like pick is off the board. Uh, Willis, are they going to go Corral? They're going to go Howell? Are they going to wait? I think that'll be uh, interesting. Are they going to go interior offensive lineman? Although they just went with um, Kendra Green last year, and, and he hasn't really panned out through year one. It spent a lot of capital on on offensive line and. There's a possibility they could continue to add to that. So, what if they take a Kenyon Green? We know the Dallas Cowboys love Kenyon Green for, for what he brings to the table, and, and that could mess up the, their run at 24. Will if Traylon Burks starts to fall down the board as well? Do the Cowboys without Kenyon Green take um, Traylon Burks just because Jerry Jones loves chaos? Maybe.
0: Jerry Jones loves three things he loves wide receivers. He loves chaos, and he loves Arkansas Razorbacks.
1: So, I mean, I think the, the Steelers pick could can, can really set up some teams in the, the late 20s because, you know, the thing about the Arizona Cardinals need interior help too. You know, the, the Patriots are going to be a wild card a little bit too because where could they go? Linebacker? Why line they go offensive line? Receiver? I mean, they're really the Steelers, I think. If they go a position we don't think they're going to go after, maybe they go corner. Maybe they get a Kyrie Elam, for example. Maybe it's someone the Patriots are targeting. And then all of a sudden, the, everything is kind of messed up. And the the, the Patriots have to reach on uh, a round two, a round three corner. So I think the Steelers can, can be that kind of late swing where if they miss out on all the quarterbacks, do they just take best player available? Do they continue to be for the offensive line? Do we take a Devontae White if he makes it past, uh, like, the Eagles and, and, and the Chargers? I mean, really, that back half of the draft, I think, it could be affected with what the Steelers do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Devin, I'm out of players. We ran through eight teams, which is, I think, more than we thought. Um, you got anything else to say before we get on out of here?
1: Nope. I mean, I'm um, – I'm just like I said, I'm just trying to get Sorry, through. The... I
0: just saw something I'm gonna have to talk to you about quickly once we got off air, but
1: <laughs> for sure. But uh yeah, I mean just getting through these players, man. And and also, man, I I, I don't understand that the 2023 talk already. I, I don't get it. I don't get it.
0: Savagery. That's what it is. It's savagery. Absolutely. I just Devin, can't do Devin, it. Devin, Devin, I've started. I've started. I haven't finished 2022 yet and I'm still starting.
1: I still got guys in 2022. I want to hit before. Same. But I, I just can't look forward to 2023 yet because once just- I do, it, it's it's a slippery slope.
0: Yeah, I know. All right. Well, until next time, guys. You can find me on Twitter at Mike H underscore Draft. You can find Devin on Twitter at Real underscore Jackson. Find the show on Twitter at Big Shots Pod. Follow our work at Blue Chip Scouting. Follow Blue Chip Scouting at BlueChipScouting.com. And we will see you guys on Friday.